You have just been invaded by... Hey there guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room and you're listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch with my co-host Grizzly Cryden. If you like the podcast and you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any particular news stories that you would like us to cover in a future episode, then please do let us know in the dedicated rooms over on Discord. Plus, if you are listening to the podcast on any of the many podcast services around the world, then please do give us a little review. It really does help us spread our wings and get into the earlobes of plenty of other podcast goers. Anyway, enough of the plugs. Let's get on with the show. Hey there, guys. Welcome to Slopescast. We're back again, and we've got yet again another awesome guest of us this week. We've got our normal co-host. We've got Grizzly Cryden. He's here every single week. He's just resubscribed uh, with Prime. Hey, thank you very much, Grizzly. Cheers for that, mate. <laughs> Everyone should do that. Everyone should do that. But apart as well, um, blah, 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 blah. as well as Grizzly Cryden, we have our special guest over here. We have this guy. Introduce yourself, Mike Fallon. <laughs> My mind went blank then for like I'm two not... seconds. <laughs> wow, what an intro to a podcast. How you doing, Mike Fallon? I'm I'm doing well, Dan. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well, very well. I was, I was in my mind. I'm trying to remember all the things I need to say when I start, and then I just started forgetting people's name. I'm, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. Woo! Wow. Yeah. Let's move on, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> so this week, guys, this week we do have the usual six topics of conversation, uh, as per usual. But right at the last minute, what happened, Grizzly? What happened? Two topics just fall from the ether, as they do after I create this lovingly generated slopes cast uh, mm-hmm. thumbnail, which takes a lot longer for me to do than I'd, I'd imagine professionals. But <laughs> it's such is the way. Um, but thankfully, these are quite exciting in a, in a, in a sense. Yeah. yeah. So because I'm looking at that at that thumbnail, and for people listening in, we'll go through those six topics in one second. But the biggest problem with that is there is no Sega topic of the week, which is an absolute must for someone like me. And uh, thankfully, those two. are yeah. <laughs> We've suddenly <laughs> already got two that have just dropped in at the last minute. So, uh, well, talk us through the six topics first, and then we'll drop these first two before we get into them. So. What are the six topics this week, Grizzly Cryden? Right, so the six topics of the week. Uh, We are looking at Microsoft confirming the Keystone, a cloud-based Xbox console in a dongle. Uh, We talk about the two years of Evercade uh, and their latest announcements, which we'll go into some detail uh, in due time. I'm going to talk about the Simicopter N64 prototype, um, the really crazy Powell World trailer. Um, this is definitely something you want to see um, if you are a fan of Pokemon and Depression. So, yeah, two really good things that go well together. Um, the Ultimate CRT emulator, which genuinely, guys, um, if you're listening at home, give that link a click. It's in the description below so you can it's see bonkers. what we're talking about because it's, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then the Embracer Group. Um, wants your retro games for their archive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are the six. But before those, we've got two. Yes. So um, <laughs> just before, literally just before we went live, 
uh, two topics uh, landed in our lap, both of which are Sega related in some form. So I don't know which one you want to start with, Dan. Um, we'll go with the big one to begin with, the real big one. Let's start with Sonic. We, we, I think everyone here listening knows that me and Grizzly are big Sonic fans, uh, primarily of the 16-bit generation. What about you, Mike? How do you feel about the Sonic games? Um, I liked them up until, you know, just after the just after the Dreamcast, and then I just kind of gave up on them. Fair enough, fair enough. Did you, did you have much love for Mania? Did you play Mania? Yeah, I, as far as a throwback game, yeah, it was really good, but uh, it's just kind of hard to keep up. There's so much that came out for Sonic, but trying yeah, to decipher yeah. which was good, which was bad, just didn't, yeah, I couldn't get into it anymore. Yeah, that's fair enough. Well, we're going to see if you're going to be able to get into this one because a very (laughs) short teaser has just dropped uh, mere hours ago, actually, before we went live. Sonic Frontiers. Now, this was kind of already teased, but it didn't really show any gameplay. It was just Sonic running through a field with some weird symbol and nothing really else. Now we are actually getting some gameplay footage, which I'm playing on the screen here for people that are going to be able to watch in. I've put this at half the speed and it is looping, so we'll be able to have a look through. Um, First impressions for me is Sonic 06, again, um, updated, uh, more realistic graphics like um, what, you, what, what you see when you see those people that do, this is what uh, uh, Zelda's, you know, Ocarina of Time would look like if done on a ridiculous PC in Unreal Engine. You know, you see those ridiculous videos that people make. It kind of looks like that within the world of Sonic. Uh, ultra realistic um uh, all of the robots look super clean and crisp, almost like they do in the movie, like very white and 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 smoothed edge and stuff like that with glowing features through cracks and blah, blah, blah. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's primarily all there is to show right now, but it's it's exciting to see a proper massive AAA Sonic game being worked on. And hey, this is our first proper look at the gameplay. Um, I'm excited, but again... I was very excited for Sonic 06, and this looks like a new version of Sonic 06. So, yeah, who knows? So, uh, I think what you're referring to there is just primarily the the aesthetic. They they've clearly looked at what Nintendo did with Breath of the Wild and thought, you know what, you know what would look good on that? A few loop de loops, some uh, floating sky rails, and and uh, you know, a blue hedgehog running as as fast as he possibly can. Mm-hmm. I really don't know what to think about this because I've been excited. I, I've made the mistake of being excited for Sonic games before, and I'm very, very sceptical uh, as I'm approaching something that resembles old age. Um, <laughs> I really want to like the look of this, but I am I I, I just don't trust it enough. Um, it looks to me like they're trying to go for like some combat here. You know, like you see like Sonic running around, running rings around a character to draw a line. And I think gestures or like, like kind a of gestures in that drawing, sense, isn't it? You capture them in the circle. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of got that like gesture angle thing going for it. You can see that in the, like the iconography of the, you know of the trailer as well mm-hmm. i just get the impression that it's going to be a bit of a gimmick and the thing is with gimmicks and sonic games is sometimes they land i sonic colors and sometimes they do really poorly like sonic lost world so mm. <laughs> um yeah very skeptical i want to see more uh, i'm looking forward to playing it uh i'm just not expecting i'm not expecting this to be the the 10 out of 10 sonic game we've been waiting for in a 3d game so uh, well, it, it looks like it's going to be open world. Yeah, they tried open world before. That was called Sonic Boom. <laughs> was that open world? Mm-hmm. 
Semi, semi. It's kind of like um, he had, <laughs> had like little hub areas and then like linear segments in between. Um, but yeah, it had like an open world thing going on. They tried that, fair and enough, uh, it didn't go so well. <laughs> See, for me, it's quite jarring in the sense of like it's ultra realistic. You know, hey, they're going for that. That's what it is. You know, like I say, it looks like Unreal Engine version of you know uh, Sonic 06 or, or Breath of the Wild or something like that. Um, but then randomly scattered all about in the in the skyline, you see these sort of little pathways where yeah. you know Sonic can just run around. But they're just so jarring to be there. Yeah, they're just they're just littered around everywhere. And I mean, like... this is obviously early prototype, so you know, it, it obviously can still change, but still. Yeah, Weird. it's just that's the thing. With you're never going to get like a true natural formation Sonic world. You got to do one or the other, right? But the whole reason for the original Sonic games working so well was because Robotnik was, you know, putting all of these obstacles up. He was machining the world. Mm. Um, whereas this is trying to be predominantly all natural, and next thing you know, you got grind rails in the sky. It doesn't work. At it's least bizarre, at, isn't it? At, at least up front, it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, it makes a good 3D Sonic game now. If you look back to Sonic Adventure, it was still pretty linear with the small exploration sections of each stage, but I just can't think of a way to give them an open world and still make it fun while going at a high rate of speed. I mean, it's just I just, I just don't know how it could be fun. It, it needs a structure for Sonic yeah. to, to work. Yeah, I don't think this is anywhere near finished. It's almost a bit bizarre that they're showing it. I mean, yeah. I'm just zooming, slowing down on this bit here. So you've done this weird thing where you've just sort of destroyed this cluster of metallic member berries. It's the only way I can really explain them. <laughs> and um, I remember. But now he's doing this weird thing where he's sort of laying on his back and spinning around in the air. Like, what is that? Yeah, yeah. That it looks like a very unfinished animation, doesn't it? Now, let's yeah. bear in mind, we're talking about 38 seconds of uh, of like pre-alpha footage probably so yeah what it doesn't tell us is when it's going to come out now if it said that it's coming out in like three or four months i'd be frightened um but you know there's probably more to come and um, this is just for an early preview through uh for ign and kotaku and the like so we'll yeah. just uh we'll wait and see won't we yeah it's uh it's a bizarre one you've got all of the big announcements for games and that coming up next uh, is it next week i believe it is so maybe we'll see more but i doubt it i think this is the trailer <laughs> for uh next couple yeah. of weeks it's it's typical pre-e3 time where all of the uh all of the publishers and developers are about to blow their loads early because they can't wait and it's not like they actually have like a proper big event to uh to showcase that it's it literally just going to be all these digital showcases so mm -hmm. you know there's going to be a few leaks. Look forward oh, to it. Oh, there is. For sure, for sure. For me, this this looks like, okay, we want to try and get Sonic to work in this this big open world. Let's really work on getting Sonic to, you know, work correctly with all of his animations and stuff like that. Now let's just throw him in a random open world, and it doesn't yeah. look anywhere near finished. And that's basically what I think we're looking at right now. Uh, yeah. This. Um, I mean, even even down to this small section that he's in right here. So again, for people watching in, he's sort of standing up on like three ledges. I just can see myself as 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 someone that knows how Sonic controls, running super fast, spinning around it. But that's just not going to be fun to get up there. They're going to have to try and make Sonic work within this open world. Yeah. And having and lots can... of ledges, it's not. It's going to be a bit awkward for him. So yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? You get these like little hamster wheels that he's running around on. You know exactly what those are. Those are portals, like for fast travel. 
fast oh, travel. I was, I was actually under the impression that they were like you scoping out that part of the map. Like you've got to that yeah. part, you do a little spin, and now boom, there it is. Uh, yeah, I suppose that would be the fast travel between them. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's a bit of both. I mean, it's the, it's not a tower. Thankfully, it's not a Ubisoft tower. No, it's just it's just a little Sonic hamster wheel in the middle of the world that you kind of run a, run a bit on and. Yeah, probably create a portal between the two. It's, I mean, it's, it's by the numbers a little bit, isn't it? But then again, again, it's too early to say. I really want them to throw out a surprise or two. But ah, Sonic works best in 3D when it's linear. Um, as, so. they dis- as they discovered with generations and colors and unleashed. When mm. you are playing a Sonic running at breakneck speeds down a linear pathway and then navigating the various different courses. They nailed that gameplay. They got it so, so right. And now they want to go change it into something new. I think they just needed to make one really good game with that aspect, rather than just, you know, the half good game that was unleashed. The yeah, it's weird, quite though, good. because the, yeah. the platforming elements of those games, the ones that you mentioned, are missing a little bit. They're more about, like, the super fast dodging. They're essentially racing games, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. They're essentially racing games, which is fine. I think that you know they're fine for what they are. Uh, I mean, I, I I'm always going to prefer. You know, I would have been wrapping my pants of excitement if they'd said Sonic Mania two instead. That'd be I'd be all over that. But um, you know, got to understand that this is for the masses. Oh, yeah. um, and we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I don't mind a, a bit of an open world game from time to time. There, there, there's so many of them. Um, you really have to do something that stands out. And if you get a character that works really, really well, like in Second Son for the PlayStation or even the Spider-Man games, they're still fun to explore around because the you know the character themselves controls so nicely. Let's hope that they master it with uh, this. Let's hope. Yeah, let's hope. Mm. Let's hope. Let's hope. Anything else on Sonic Frontiers before we move over to the other one? Are, are you trying to say that retro is no longer for the mainstream audience? Unfortunately not, no. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Man, we shouldn't be doing a retro podcast, should we? That's not where the money's at. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this dropped a couple of hours ago. And then, what, about half an hour ago, we got this trailer. Air yeah. Twister. So I've, I've, I've discovered something very interesting since we came up with this. Um, oh, okay. I'm going to play it while, while you talk. Go for it. Yeah. So this is made by Yu Suzuki. Yeah, it's WiseNet, isn't it? Yeah, so mm-hmm. Shenmue, of Shenmue fame, WiseNet fame, and Space Harrier fame, mm-hmm. here we have uh, Space Harrier with geese. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks absolutely kind of mad and kind of ropey in that typical Sega, like, Sega fashion. I absolutely love the look of this thing. It's a shame that it's an Apple Arcade release. Yeah, that's supposed that, that to be exclusive for now. But yeah, this is the kind of thing that I I absolutely want more of in the gaming space. So, I mean, fair play to Apple. They they are doing well with their Apple Arcade thing. Um, as in, they've got some good games on there for a mobile company. But so they should, because people need to realise they make more money than anyone else um, when it comes to well, not anyone else, but they're up there. Uh, and they earn more money than you would expect them to make um, with these. Um, so yeah, essentially, <laughs> as Grizzly said. What we're looking at here is Space Harrier, a lot prettier. Now they're on giant geese instead, instead of like Panzer Dragoon, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the, it, it, it dancing, the dancing women the, um, in, in skin tight gray or sort of metal armor shooting people while wiggling their ass. They look like those people. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, sorry, I, I just coined this one as Panzer Dragoose. There you go. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Panzer Dragoose, love it. Uh, and then you fight a giant fish thing like an R-type. Yeah. And what gets me? Oh, hello, Robotron. Sorry, just to interrupt our regularly scheduled sloped cast to say we are being raided right now. Hey, thank you very much, Robotron. Lovely. Thank you, thank you, thank you for anyone that's. Uh, just joining in, this is the Slopes Cast, the retro gaming podcast, with myself, Grizzly Cryden, and our co-host, special guest, sorry, tonight, Mike Fallon. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone that's subscribing, everyone that's following. Uh, we're chatting about this new game that's just been teased less than an hour ago called uh, Air Twister, better known to us, though, as Panzer Dragoose. Very well done, very well done. Um, and yeah, so this is from the guy who created the Shemu games. This is the, from the guy who created, um, uh, obviously, Outrun and, and then Space Harrier, an absolute legend. Uh, Sega's answer to Shigeru Miyamoto. He's like the, 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 the top legend at Sega. He's up there with um, what, the old Sonic creator game, whatever, whatever his name was. Um, and yeah, it, it's exciting, but uh, it's overly weird. It's overly Sega. And only coming out on Apple Arcade. Oh. That's a yeah. that's a dick Nintendo. Move, that right? is, yeah, that is like the, the the twist of the knife. It's like everything I want to see in a game, even if it looks kind of ropey. It's the kind of thing I'll go, yeah, I'm gonna throw a few pounds at that and just to give it a bit of support. It's the kind mm -hmm. of thing I want to see. And then they go Apple Arcade. Well, I don't own an iPhone, so I'll never play this. Yeah, yeah so that's a that's a sad thing. I hope it uh, breaks that breaks that prison that is the Apple uh, ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Would you get this one, um, uh, Mike? Uh, maybe. I mean, I have a Apple TV, so I have oh, Apple okay. Arcade, but I just couldn't see playing this with like the touch controls on the remote or on the phone. I, mm -hmm. I would. I'd rather see this on Xbox or or PlayStation or something else. But I mean, I, I'd love to have a new Space Harrier game. I haven't played it since, geez, since like ninety one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I absolutely love it if they re-released uh, planet harriers in some form at some point oh, yeah you, you bring up planet harriers a lot that's a sore subject for you <laughs> you, you love yourself some planet harriers yeah I, I really want to play that on a home console of some kind you know yeah. just just to have it you know um but yeah until then i will have to nick someone else's iphone and play uh <laughs> panzer dragoose well, sega <laughs> invited me up years ago to go and play choo choo rocket universe um i think it was choo choo universe and it's a brilliant uh, continuation of the game. That, that's the sort of game that's, you know, people moan about mobile games. But I, like I always say, if there was a Nintendo mobile, people would be all for it because Nintendo mm -hmm. would make games that are right for the touchscreen. They've done it already in the past with the, uh, with the 3DS and other systems. Um, you just got to find those right games. Unfortunately, they're buried underneath 7 million Bejeweled ripoff um and fake Ebony games, you know, where you've got to save the princess and that advert shows the man that can never do it um <clears throat> so i mean this does look good uh but yeah i mean it it's it's, it's yeah choo choo rocket is the perfect it, game to get on here and I, I could see this working i could see this working is apple arcade really a viable platform for gaming because you never hear about it no I, I don't know of any success stories really from it uh, it's just kind of a thing i mean like my favorite <laughs> game that i saw on um apple arcade uh of that i've played it was sayonara wild hearts um which is a great little uh rhythm action game um genuinely one of my favorite games of uh, a couple of years ago um 
but that was you know again that was released on ps4 it was released on on console and pc um so it didn't really hide away for that long um it's just a question as to whether easnet or the like considered this good enough to become a uh like a console release and and chances are they probably won't um because it's just not I, I guess it's probably not going to be financially viable to do so unless there's enough of a buzz. Um, so here's me trying to create a buzz um, for this game so I can play it on something that resembles a proper controller. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it will happen. This is going to be an Apple Arcade exclusive for the until the end of time until Apple take it down. Um, the thing with Apple Arcade, what they do, it's the same of, as people with gym memberships. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't say that too loud because I'm one of those people. You get, that, you know, like there's all those people out there. Not, 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 not necessarily. I don't want to say the word true gamers, but random people that have Apple products, of which there are billions, no doubt, definitely millions. Um, uh, you know, they get that notification. Do you want to sign up to Apple Arcade? Yeah, go on then. And they're still paying for it. Guaranteed, they're making bank on that bad boy. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and and you know that, that, that you know that I wouldn't be surprised to hear that if they were making more money out of Apple Arcade than Xbox is out of Game Pass. You know, just because the amount of people out there that have Apple products, you know, they think, oh, I like playing games on my phone. Yeah, go on then. You know, I I, I can just see it happening. And uh, to answer to, to look at our poll here, um, what should they have really called this game? They ch- the, the, the options were Untitled Space Goose or Panzer Dragoose. Panzer Dragoose won. Champion. To be fair, I came up with both. So, <laughs> oh, did you? Well done. Yeah. Well done. Untitled Space Goose. I do think that's 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 almost too ridiculous to to yeah. not win. If I'm honest, I like that. I like that. Right. Okay. Anyway, let's move on to the next topic and actually move into the main six topics of this tonight's conversation. Like I say, everyone that's raided, thank you very much. I hope you do stick around as we talk about um, the first topic of conversation, which is all about Xbox. And uh, Grizzly's yes. the Xbox man out of the two of us, so I think he's going to talk us through this. You're, you're going to do me dirty like that, huh? You're going to call me the I Xbox gonna, guy, yeah? You're the uh, Xbox guy. I'm the... Uh, uh, well, I'm not the Xbox guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, Microsoft has been... There's been a lot of talk about uh, Microsoft running an xCloud-based like, dongle thing, mm-hmm. similar to Google Stadia. Um, they've been supposedly working on it for a while, and uh, this week they actually confirmed that they were. Uh, and the emphasis is on the word "were" because they've they've stated in a press release, and it's really contentious um, who you uh, who you read from uh, about this because uh, they've said they're pivoting away from the current iteration of what they called Project Keystone. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're, they're looking at ways they can introduce xCloud uh, to customers in the future, which suggests to me that they're kind of like putting a stop to the project. I mean, that's how I that's how I'd read it based on their statement. Um, but there's a lot of consensus saying that, oh, it just means that they're moving on to version two. That means that they're going to make a bigger, better version. And to be honest, like this is Microsoft. We're talking about a company that's got a lot of resources and so yeah like could they not make a decent enough dongle to begin with i mean it doesn't need to be much i mean just come out with something that resembles an nvidia shield and run it off that you know it's it's, it's still going to be an expensive thing and it potentially even more expensive because it's going to have to be so small though unless yeah. it's like you say the stadia where it's running off of another uh computer somewhere of some data uh center 
Yeah, it leads me to believe that they're working on an alternative way to get their, their streaming across. So, I mean, we talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, Bungie, uh, who were previously going to work with Google uh, over their Stadia service as their game streaming option. Um, and then Sony come in and swooped in and bought them. Yeah, it's funny they mm -hmm. should do that, right? So just. It, it leads me to believe that there's an, there's an alternative streaming thing coming that is still going to be Game Pass, but um, like a different architecture that runs it. So maybe that was the, the thing that stopped them from being able to do the keystone for now. But yeah, it's, it's, I found this quite an interesting one because, as I say, if you look up uh, Microsoft Keystone um, at all of the headlines talking about this particular like, press release, um, everyone has a different opinion. And uh, I wanted to see what people's opinions were on this. Like, are you going? Are we going to see Project Keystone anytime soon, or have they scrapped it in favour of more down-to-earth prospects? You know, I mean, they've, they've bought up so many studios recently. You'd think that they want to get their money's worth out of them before they yeah, commit to game. this huge server <clears> undertaking. <throat> yeah. What do you think, Mike? I think they're going to go for an integrated route with some kind of TV manufacturer or something like that because I, I have a feeling for the next generation our current xbox s and xbox series x are going to be turned into streaming boxes i got a, i have a feeling they're going to move away entirely from physical consoles within the next probably two generations uh mm -hmm. the only problem is right now is the chip shortage is going to be the major factor in that can they really produce another batch of consoles within the next five years to meet that need. I don't think so. Since I work in the technology field, the stuff that I need to sell to hospitals and everything, I can't do it because there's no chips. Can't, yeah. Can't buy cameras, can't buy, you know, panels to manage access control. So I have a feeling that they're seeing the light early and they're just going to focus all of that onto making some kind of streaming box that can either integrate their current uh, consumer base with what we have already and then just pump out something that isn't as chip dependent whether that be a, a dongle in a in a box or just picture going with samsung and being like here integrate this into your tv and then just you can now stream your entire xbox library from just the tv alone which yeah yeah i, I, I could totally see that working see that. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking in the chat. People are saying they've not seen the, the the game that's come out that's made people want to jump to the Series X. Um, but like you say, it's all about the game yeah. part of people that do have um, uh, Xbox products. Um, I have an Xbox. Uh, oh my god, I'm getting. I hate the naming the, the system so bloody much. Series X Y Z Z. I'm sorry. I've got the best of the last generation. What is that? It's, it's not Series X. I've got the Xbox One X. One X, yeah. God damn it, they're so annoying. So I've got the Xbox One X, not to be confused with the series, the Xbox One Series X. It's so mental. So um, yeah, um, but like you say, yeah, most people that have these systems are really having them for the Game Pass. Um, uh, uh, you know, they have them for Game Pass. So, you know, as the world is moving more and more to subscription-based things, I mean, I have about six or seven subscriptions, you know, through different services, just Disney Plus and everything else. It's only going to be a matter of time before, you know, the, uh, you know uh, uh, we, we move into this world. If Stadia does die a death, uh, I mean, I suppose people could look at that already, that it already has. Um, they, I think in years to come, people will look back at it, potentially a little bit like the Dreamcast, and say that was before, that was ahead of its time. Because I do still see stadia being the future we're just not there yet um mm -hmm. 
And uh, like you say, whether that be like a dongle, I mean, this house has probably six or seven um, uh, Chromecasts around. I've got like two tellies in my game room outside. They've both got Chromecasts in. One of my PC screens here has, has a Chromecast in. My downstairs telly does. My bedroom telly does. Um, and, I, you know, like I, I can just see people like me jumping on something like this um, in the future if, if, if this is going to be replacing consoles. Um, but I just don't see if we're there yet. I've, it is the future. I'm not even sure if it's the next generation, but it's, I mean, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah. And you can bet your bottom dollar that Xbox, uh, uh, sorry, Microsoft, uh, uh, look at, uh, at least researching this. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. Whether they've just put it on the back burner for now, it's definitely not ended. You know, this isn't the Kinect. They haven't thrown it away now. This is, this is, they're still going to be researching this because I, I, it is going to be the future. Totally. I mean, that's that's the reason why they don't want Google like jumping in, right? I mean, that's one of the reasons why they bought Activision and uh, all of this. They're not worried about Sony or Nintendo. They're worried about Google and Apple. We saw that mm-hmm. chart of all of those high, um, the highest earning game companies, and we saw Microsoft jump in market share to second place with that acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Mm-hmm. That's what they're that's what they're going for. They don't give a crap about Sony. For Those sure. guys, Sony and Microsoft, are just doing what they can to survive right now. Yeah. Because once Google has that internet, that cloud architecture in place and ready to be rolled out, they're going to lose a lot of ground. Uh, Microsoft and Sony are going to lose a lot of ground when the cloud really does become a thing. And you're right; it is a thing. It's going to be the future, more so than NFTs. You know, just getting that little dig in there while I can. But um, yeah, this, this that's the way things are going to go, and uh, they they're just seeing the future unfold in front of their eyes, and they want to be on the right right side of it. You know? Yeah. But yeah. That, that entire infrastructure is all held up by uh, local ISPs. I mean. Have we seen a major jump in fiber installations, at least here in the U.S., uh, where I live? Fiber just kind of stalled after the mid-2000s, but in the U.K., how active is that push for getting (laughs) fiber into all those homes? I would say that countries like the U.K., which claim to be like this, like technologically, you know, advanced, (laughs) we... You know, we we barely can scrape by thirty megabits a second in most mm. regions. You know, you're wow. lucky to get yeah, two you move in out some regions. Main cities, yeah, and main big big open areas like your, your Birmingham, London town. <laughs> then yeah, you're going to be a bit more struggling. They've only literally only just only just where I'm from in in this town in uh, it's really it's it's moving into a city where it's becoming so big. This town where I live in in, in Kent. Um, they're, they're, they're popping up new housing estates everywhere. You just drive along and, oh, there's another one they're building. There's another one. They're building them up so quickly. Uh, uh, broadband is even becoming quite hard to get in there, let alone fiber. Fiber only came in within this year. Um, and hence why I've only literally just moved into uh, moved on to fiber. And when I moved into this house a few years ago, um, uh, it, I was... I only just was able to get decent broadband and I only got it because someone cancelled their order and I was able to jump in because they've got limited numbers that they can give out to people um, because they're just they're, they're building up the area so quick um, they, uh, they're they struggling to, to, to keep up with well not just yeah. internet but with all, all different services you know schooling or whatever but um, yeah so like I say 
I don't even think we're in, it's going to be the next generation where that we move into this you know world. It's all going to be coming out of a TV or a dongle or whatever else. But it is going to be the future. I just don't know when that future is going. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a glimmer of hope here. I mean, I've I've read in the news today that the uh, um, they the government are looking at introducing fiber optic up to a gigabit around uh, all all up and down the nation. So that is the step that needs to be taken. But mm-hmm. people can't afford gigabit right now. I can only hope that with increased demands that the prices can come down because um, that's generally how things work sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for now, it's just not happening. And uh, even on a 200 megabit a second connection, which is mm-hmm. what I get, um, streaming services are not that great. The, you still get issues with the service. It's just... Sometimes you just got to make sure that the weather's right and the, the stars have aligned. And then sometimes you'll be able to have a decent latency on Street Fighter. But until until it happens, you know, until it's actually like near one to one, I can't see it ever being that popular. There we go. There we go. Oh, dear. Well, yeah. interesting. I mean, obviously, they're going to be researching this. I remember when uh, after the free Sixty, I believe um, Microsoft were holding meetings. It was in a magazine. Uh, they'd spoken to a spokesperson uh, talking about whether they should actually move into the handheld market. You know, uh, you know, to go oh, up yeah. against the Vita and and stuff like that. And it was just a discussion. It never went anywhere. But you know, these companies are always having these conversations in the back in the back end. It's, it's quite nice the fact that we actually get to hear about it because for the most part, these companies have these conversations. You're never going to know that there's you know what's what's being said or what's even being discussed. Um, yeah. This, this is just the latest one, and uh, Microsoft are definitely doing the right thing and researching it and keeping a close eye on it because, like I say, it's going to be the future one day. Just yeah, just, yeah. And just just my last thoughts on it. The yeah. one thing that really bothers me about cloud-based stuff so far is it, it does seem predominantly handheld-based. It's, I find that incredibly weird. Uh, do people think we're going to be playing games on a McDonald's Wi-Fi connection or something? It's just odd. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. I think Microsoft well, are doing the right that. thing. But that, that just reminded me of another story when uh, one of the most popular games in Japan, um, uh, uh, oh, what was that? Uh, Monster Hunter. Kids mm. would, there was, there was a big report going around where they were trying to sort out kids that were constantly bunking school, going to McDonald's and then playing Monster Hunter off of their Wi Fi. <laughs> <So. laughs> yeah, that might, that might work for some regions. So, um, <laughs> Goat King's mentioning the Steam Deck. This is the reason the Steam Deck is so damn popular because it can play these games. It can play all of those PC games natively. That's why everybody's so excited that the the quality of the game is all native and it's on that machine. It's mm. not being cloud cloud streamed like most of the other devices with similar hardware. It's just ah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not in on cloud just yet. No, no, no. I mean, I'm not either. But I, 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 unfortunately, we are the minority. The same reason, you know, me and you would be crying with excitement if we saw Sonic Mania 2. But again, yeah. we're the minority. The majority of the gaming, uh, you know, the majority of the cells in, within the world of Sonic are going to be people that are buying Sonic Frontiers, Sonic Battle 2 or whatever, you know, all those sort of games. You know, Retro doesn't sell physical it, it, I mean, if I was a game company, I'd be well pushing on uh, digital because that's where your money is. Oh, and, yeah. and more people are going down that route. I mean, they're releasing consoles in this generation that don't even have a disk drive. Yep. Mental. It's, it's all just baby steps towards that future. Ugh, bloody Xbox. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, yeah, as we're talking about physical, whew, the Evercade. 
We're fans of the Evercade on this show. Unfortunately, I haven't actually got mine to hand to show you. Oh, I have to do this bad boy. The Evercade, uh, the, the original, the OG Evercade. This one right here. Um, can't buy this for much longer. If you want to get one, you want to go get one right now because they're yep. stopping making those. Uh, but in their place, you're going to be able to buy one of these bad boys, the Evercade EXP. This was announced today. Yeah. Um, fair play to these guys, to Blaze, to be able to actually put on a full like showcase of products. Uh, you know, like big companies struggle to do this. Yeah, and they keeping it succinct to the point, making sure that it's relevant to the content. You know, full top marks uh, to the yeah. Blaze guys here. Yeah. Uh, and the new hardware looks really good, I've got to say. Uh, you know, for, for an Evercade, you know, it's uh, it's solid. So what, what makes this better than the uh, the previous handheld Evercade system, which is stand, the, the standard Evercade. This is called the Evercade EXP. It's a little bit more expensive. What makes this better than the previous one? So you get a sleek, sleeker form factor by the looks of it. You get an IPS color screen, which makes it really, really bright and colorful. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the kind of thing I'd have kind of hoped for in the original iteration, uh, which I believe was just standard uh, liquid crystal um, at 720p. But this one looks like it's going to really punch out those retro graphics. Um, mm -hmm. There's a bit of extra processing oomph. They made it semi-clear in their trailer that this is a replacement for the original. Um, it's yeah. to stop it from being um, obsolete within a certain amount of time, and it means it gives them more processing headroom for future releases. Um, so that's a bit of bad news for the long-term Evercade fans that really enjoyed it because it was cheap and easy to access, I think, but we'll keep going. Um, but what's really cool is the little Tarte mode that they've added in. So um, you can actually flip the handheld vertically and play vertical shoot-em-ups uh, in Tarte mode. Yeah. which i absolutely love i think that's inspired i was just um, thinking couldn't they do that with the original one but no, obviously no they can't i'm just looking at the uh, original controller if you put that on its side it is literally a uh, uh a d-pad with um a menu button underneath it so it wouldn't work and also you have just noticed there as well you've got uh two trigger buttons on each top part so four yes. trigger buttons rather than two uh which, which makes least... me think yeah what are they are there going to be games that don't work with the original now so technically, there are already, um, when you think about the PS1 games that have been added recently, and mm. uh, the PS1 has always had those four shoulder buttons. So this leads me to believe that they're thinking, right, we really want to add some more PS1 titles, but we're hamstrung by these extra sh well, these extra shoulder buttons. So let's add this into this iteration. Let's up the processing spec to make it more PS1 capable. And now you have a fully PS1 capable emulation device, which is dedicated to retro collections. So I think that's what we're about to see a lot more of. Yeah. Um, but they, they kind of <clears> led <throat> with uh, two two new cartridges, which is the IREM collection and the Tower Plan collection, which are both um, mostly filled with uh, scrolling sh shoot-em-ups. Uh, yeah, which... yeah. So you got the Iron one there. You got games on there. Not all, these aren't all of them. There's a lot more, but the ones that stand out to me, things like Moon Patrol, R Type, In the Hunt. Oh, I love In the Hunt. <laughs> in the yeah. Hunt is so good. It's it's essentially the um, submarine missions from the submarine section. Sorry, from Metal Slug. Some of the later Metal Slug games turned into a full game. So good. It's the game that came out before Metal Slug. Um, you're gonna have a good time with those games. 
Um, so yeah, in the hunt, uh, the Toa Plan ones, they've got all of the classics, things like Tiger Heli. Tiger Heli, you could, they, they've just released that. Uh, in all fairness, it's M2 doing the emulation, so you, you, you would spend more. But um, there's a Tiger Heli compilation that's just been released for the uh, Switch. Um, and that, that's like a full price game. That's, I, I almost imported that recently for like 60 or 70 quid. <laughs> you can get yeah. it on here for 15. It also includes think, games like Flying Shark, uh, uh, Truxton. Uh, I'm forgetting what that that's proper name is. Um, Sujin, I think. Yes, that's it. Sorry. Uh, Zero Wing. Like, these are incredibly good shmups of the 16-bit generation for the most yeah, part. Yeah, the, these are the kind of things you'd expect in one of those little, like, uh, micro-arcade machines, like the... Mm. Uh, What's it? The the Egret hmm. Mini and uh, the Astro City. Those are the kind of things that you'd want to see on those. Um, so again, like Evercade coming in clutch here with a twenty pound cartridge, which has all of these things on, not just like this brand new hardware. Bear in mind that these cartridges will lo- most likely work on the old Evercade if you've got them, got one. Yeah. So yeah, you know, we're good. You know. Yeah, yeah. Are you a fan of the Evercade, uh, Mike? Uh I didn't get into it. It's it's still for sale here. You can still get at least the original the desktop console you can get here. The verses, yeah, it, yeah. It just it, it showed up. It was on store shelves for like about six months, then disappeared. So now you have to order it online to get it. So I don't even know if we're going to be getting this newer version. So I'd imagine hard pushing to get it out because it, it's done well. Oh yeah, it, it's I mean, done well over there, but to do well over here, hmm. I, I mean, I think you. it's I think it's done well enough to. To, to make it a success for them. I mean, this is a small company at the end of the day. I mean, a small mm-hmm. uh, compared to all of the big major companies, at least. Um, I mean, it, it, it still blows my mind. I mean, like, n- I don't want to take anything away from Blaze because I think they've actually done a great job here. But I always remember Blaze, like, as the company that that, that made those controllers that you didn't want to have. Like, your mate would have a second controller when you went around to visit and it'd be like, oh, not the Blaze controller. You want a proper Mega Drive <laughs> controller or whatever, you know, whatever it may be, or a proper PlayStation controller. Um, like this, this is top quality stuff. What they do now, I think this is really impressive. Um, and they've been going for two years, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's cool. My, my collection's out in the garage because I've actually got my Evercade constantly set up out there. Um, yeah, and oh yeah, you was around, weren't you? We actually had a little play on that when you came over a few weeks ago. And yeah, I mean, it's a, it's just a freaking awesome little console. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they've done this little showcase here to celebrate their second anniversary. They've actually given enough detail in there on a 20 minute, uh, uh like Nintendo Direct type thing that they've done, showing off these new games. Uh, the IRM one, the Toa Plan. Um, it, it, yeah, it's just really nice, really nice. Some good, good, good games. I'm gonna have yeah. to go back on what I said. It It is coming, there is a listing on Best Buy for the uh, the Jellico uh, arcade. Cartridge one is coming July, the end of July this year. So nice. we are getting some of the new stuff, but not the consoles yet. Right, right. Oh mate, I'm gonna have to, I need to make sure I'm all up to date. Actually, I think I've got practically every car. I think there's maybe the last two that I'm missing. I think I'm I'm four behind at the moment, personally. <laughs> um, they're good, they're good. It's it's just uh, yeah, it's one of those things that you don't want to get, you don't want to lose ground on because otherwise it could be quite expensive to go back and try and get them all. In, oh, for uh, sure. In one thing, yeah. But um, I think honestly, some of the older ones, like the Oliver Twin ones, they're 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 getting harder to get now. Well, they discontinued a couple, didn't they, because of yeah. licensing? Um, I know that they're struggling to keep the Namco ones on shelves. So it's it's one of those things now that you're going to get some collectible carts. And, you know, even like secondhand Evercade hardware, is, as we discovered before we came online, um, 
is actually gaining value, which I never expected. I uh, never expected like this. No. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to go back to what you were saying about Blaze. I mean, let's talk about where these guys were versus where they are now. Mm -hmm. um, I remember a device that they came out with long before the Evercade, and it was called the Game Gadget. It was being advertised as the iPod of retro games, and it wasn't, it was quite similar in scope to the Evercade. The idea was is that you would pay for your downloads in the similar vein to iTunes. And then they made all of these heady claims, such as uh, full Mega Drive game libraries. Uh, Nintendo games were even mentioned at one point. And I think a few of us, you know, could quite easily smell the... Uh, that's a, a warm smell of a uh, very familiar smell to anyone, I would say, uh, in the air. But some people were, like, invested. They believed in it. You know, they... They wanted to believe in it. Um, and unfortunately, it just never came to be. Uh, you got your free 10 Mega Drive games on launch and nothing extra. The whole thing was a failure. Um, mm -hmm. And to be honest, that's the kind of thing in this day and age that would have like destroyed a company of this size. But no, they came back with this. And uh, I've I got to say, I'm, I'm nothing but impressed. And I was one of the biggest skeptics when I heard about the Evercade for the game gadget reason i wouldn't trust blaze and then i started talking to dan um you know we, we both like started talking about it and going you know what actually this is this is gaining traction this could be good and we started talking about it and the next thing we know it two years have passed there's like 30 plus cartridges sat on my shelf um and i and i want more so you yeah. know good on them they're still Absolutely going. They're going strong. On. They've got that typical, like you know, the way Disney show off all their upcoming movies or the Marvel movies over the next several years. They they kind of do the same thing with the the big lineup of games that they're releasing. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool. I mean, it's one of those things that we always say. It's like it. This it's definitely cheaper to just emulate it yourself. Uh, and there's always going to be the people out there that say I, I can just emulate it myself, and that's fine. I think if you haven't got this already by this point, you might not. Um, yeah. Uh, it might not be for you. That's fine, but I mean, these are literally fifteen quid for a selection of. I, I think like the low, the smallest selection is two, but one of those games is Xeno Crisis, and the other one's Tanglewood. That that that's a two game in one bundle. But then they go up to like twenty or even more. I think for some of like the smaller end ones, things like the Atari twenty six hundred carts, it, it, it's really good value, especially when you compare it to things like the um uh there there's the Atari twenty six hundred uh, uh PlayStation four collections, which are like silly money for the same games on these it's, mm -hmm. yeah it's silly it's silly but uh no i think these are really really cool come with a little manual some of these newer ones uh, have exclusive interviews in apparently which is nice um yeah there's a there's a lot there's a lot to like here and um yeah yeah i i i, I think they've done a really good job over the last couple of years impressive stuff i'd say yeah and lastly you know like the whole yeah i can emulate it myself but we've said we said it a few times but I, it, it's always bears repeating you know like you can emulate an infinite list of games as much as you want right i mean anyone can do it i've done it i'm sure dan's done it i'm sure yeah, yeah, we've done it I, I stream games yeah obviously <laughs> yeah it's 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 one of those things you kind of do because it's available it's free it's it's easy right but the thing that i always come up against with those infinite lists is i never commit to anything i never no. want to play any one game because you know it's just so easy to go oh i died you know what let's let's see what that other one in the list is and i don't i just don't enjoy games 
that way because there's yeah. just an infinite amount of choice. I never know what to pick. And by the time I've gone through the list, I've run out of time, uh, the time that I had set to play the games. With this thing, I can go out on the road, stick a cartridge in, and I've, I'm committed to those like 12 games on that cartridge. Mm-hmm. So I flick through and then I just end up playing one until I'm either get through the game or I get bored and want to, you know, or I'm finished with my journey. You know, it's classic, a classic way, a classic approach. And it makes me appreciate the lesser known games that are, that are out there a lot more. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd recommend just giving that a go and you can, you can easily emulate this experience yourself. Um, but yeah, just give it a go. It's, yeah. It's, it's not expensive to try. No, I, I think it's pretty cool. I like it. I like it. And uh, like I say, they're very blunt in their, their presentation. They said, we're just stopping the older one, the original Evercade now. So uh, if you want one of those, now is the time to get it. But I would only say do that if you're a hardcore collector, because this EXP one's coming out and yeah, um, yeah that, obviously is going to be the better one to get um i will i think i, I think i would maybe probably get it I, I, just for me like <laughs> i've got two of these systems already so it's hard for me to buy it for a third time but um they, 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 they've caught me i kind of want to have everything they release i'm upset i don't have the carry case that's the mentality that i'm at I, I, <laughs> i'm not a, not a normal person <laughs> i've got it mm. have you actually <laughs> yeah I've got, I've got carry case yeah I haven't got the carry case. Uh, it was free of my order. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, they're cool. It's a cool little system. It's a cool little system. Yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> right, let's move on. Um, let's move on to. Oh, this is a topic for you. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. So it's it. a little bit of a fun. <laughs> it, it's it's got nothing to do with this being like a free an early three D based console that you uh don't particularly enjoy as much or just haven't tried that's what i'm putting it down to you just haven't tried it enough you haven't been shown the way the right path i I don't like the n-word yeah so this is an n64 game everyone um so there was originally going to be a version of simicopter on the n64 um and significantly it was shown at e3 1997 and then kind of never again so this was around the time they were doing SimCity 3000 on pc um mm-hmm. that simcopter had already been out on pc at the time and then the n64 version kind of just showed up and um yeah what was really cool about this game if for people who never played it back in the day you might want to go on good old games and give it a try yourself um was that you if, if you had a world a city in sim city um the map was generated using the city that you'd created so you can kind of see it from the air in a different in a different way so that was really really cool um and there was a sim city made for the the n64 dd with Simcopter being able to interface with the N64, you get the idea. You could actually do that stuff on the N64. So what makes this significant is that the game never released. It was intended to, but never did. For whatever reason, chances are it was just end of product life cycle or they just ran out of money. Um, but the version that was just found, uh, which is a prototype dev cartridge, um, is actually a later revision than the E3 footage uh, that we just saw on the screen. So it's actually a closer to final version that most people have seen. So this is really cool. It's one of those lost, uh, lost games that you just never really hear about. Um, But 
you know, it could have been re- it could have been a great release, I think, um, for the N64 because of stuff like Pilot Wings. I mean, that oh, game absolutely. is really fun. Yeah, it, w- it would have been a fantastic game for that system. And I think it would have done really well, you know, um, the fact that Pilot Wings plays so beautifully on the N64. This is me giving some N64 praise here. Please don't record this. Um, and uh, But yeah, so obviously a game like Pilot, uh, not Pilot Wings, whatever this is called, Simcopter 64 would actually be, yeah, it'd be a perfect game for that system. Um, yeah. It would have been nice. That, that draw distance, oh boy. I, uh, <laughs> I saw that too, yeah. It's about six, 64 polygons evil each way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, It looks like a more gamified version because the original Simcopter was very much a sim game, mm-hmm. um, whereas this just looks like a more fun version in that typical, mm-hmm. let's add a bit of a Nintendo filter to this um and make everything super colorful i i don't know i just love stuff like this it's lost media um and there is talks of it being dumped online so people can play it so that'd be beautiful I'll absolutely be giving that a go yeah. yeah i hope that happens uh we, we we can never never have enough of these uh lost pieces of media for the 64 and you know i mean hey i'm not the biggest fan of the system um uh you know and back in the day you got to remember this was going up against the playstation um so obviously it had some insane competition and because of that a lot of developers did drop out uh for the system unfortunately it worked the other way around as well but a lot uh, very much so for the n64 um and uh yeah so there's, there's going to be a hell of a lot of games out there that, that, that started development and uh never never saw the end of the day a lot of games that we will never even hear about and never even know exists uh already so um yeah i mean it's really nice when stuff like this happens. that's no, all yeah. i've got to say about that uh it's one for the uh, the the sim uh, complete history. There you go, Dan, because uh, it's it's absolutely a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm such a big fan of sim ant. You see, I've got to get that done. Oh yeah, totally sim ant. <laughs> sim ant. It it makes me wonder if this was also in production for the uh, the PlayStation One version of Sim City because there was that 3D exploration part of that game. So I don't know why it couldn't have been incorporated into that system as well. I imagine for the time they would have just wanted to keep them separate, but I mean, you could definitely implement it for sure. Mm-hmm. You're right, 100%. Um, yeah, it's cool. Ah, uh, yeah, totally. Nintendo 64 topic of the week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got two Sega ones. I think it. I think it was warranted. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. It's good. Yeah. I know there's N64 fans out there. The, the, the weird, demented crowd that is. Anyway, oh, come on, that's going a bit. <laughs> that's going a bit far now. No, I take it back. Right. Um, Don't listen to him, my child. This is so I, weird. As I was say, as I look at my N64. I, I'd rather play Simcopter, that's for sure, on an N64 than play a game <laughs> that's a mix-up between, I don't even know what, like the over-shoulder segments of Uncharted mixed with Fortnite mixed with Pokemon. Like, <laughs> what is this? So what we're looking at here for people listening in is a trailer for a game. Uh, it's not a new trailer, but we just want to talk about this. Uh, a game called Powell World. Um, yeah. Grizzly can get into a little bit more about the detail of the company behind it. Um, uh, essentially, basically, we, we, we may not even ever see this, but this looks utterly bonkers. Um, <laughs> yeah, ultra-realistic again. Um, maybe not to the level that Sonic Frontiers was that we talked about earlier, but very, very realistic. Um, but within that realistic world, you have very, very obvious Pokemon ripoff type characters that have to be caught. They can be merged together to make, I don't know, put two Pokemons together and you've got the Pika, uh, Pikazard. There you go, that'll do. Um, Pika Ard. <laughs> Pika Ard. Um, 
and uh, yeah, it's all mixed together. And it's got a little bit of Call of Duty in there where they're capturing and forcing them to work in like a, a sweatshop making guns. And then there's a big Fortnite. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> it's, it's definitely the result of people going, "What? what's big? All of this, make it. Well, all of it, yes, go, do it. And this is what's come out the other end. Um, I mean, I say come out the other end. At the moment, all this is really is a trailer. Um, but I mean, it's it's mental. Yeah, it looks like something you would find on Steam, like a shovelware with like a budget. Yeah, yeah, like a really well made trailer that just does nothing extra. So, uh, yeah, it it I I just like when I saw this trailer, I was dumbfounded by what mm. I was watching. So. Um, I don't think Dan quite gave it justice as to what is actually being shown in <laughs> on the screen here. Yeah, I so, haven't thrown in enough properties that they've ripped off. <laughs> so no, it's it's not it's not the properties they've ripped off. It's how they've ripped them off and what they're doing to them as a result. So you're looking at this open world thing. Uh, so as as Dan said, mixed with something that's very clearly inspired by Pokemon. And it's got mm -hmm. all of that whimsy that you would expect. It's got all of that wonderful, like, fantastical element to it, where it's kind of modern world mixed with this grand adventure. And then suddenly, the the cute Pokemon-type characters are pulling out miniguns and then mowing down their opposition. And then you see a sweatshop situation where they're it's forced into a bit of an old vibe, isn't it? Vibe where they're all like being forced to work and yeah. There's there's one that's a spitting image of Totoro. He's the one with the minigun, like killing things. You see <laughs> yeah. them visibly eating each other. Pokemon characters being like blown to smithereens. Uh, one that's been bent over and shot, shooting eggs out of its ass to create grenades. It's it's amazing. It's genuinely amazing. It's like everything I could have possibly like wanted that I didn't know I wanted up until this point. The only problem is, of course, it's from these guys called uh, Pockets. Um, let's see, Pocket Pair, um, who have a bit of a reputation to be coming out with projects that look initially promising and then abandoning them. So I got to balance it out with my somewhat semi excitement. Um, with some realism here because it's very possible that we will see the start of something really promising and then nothing. I nothing don't know if it's promising. Oh my God, I'm seeing even more. Like, so I've pressed play on another gameplay <laughs> trade here. I said it's more Sonic Frontiers. I'll take that back. It's definitely more uh, Breath of the Wild and they've definitely gone for that style 100%. It, it's got Borderlands thrown in there, I'd say. that They're crafting stuff. So it's uh, as in like almost a bit like a... Um, uh, uh, Oh, what was that stardew valley vibe but in a 3d setting uh it's like there's so much going on this is a bit of everything like they, they, yeah. they just picked up like a sheep looking um uh pokemon and now using it as a barrier uh a shield <laughs> a little, <laughs> a little a sheep meat shield yeah <laughs> yeah there's no way it can achieve all of the promises it's making with this trailer there's no way because right, it's yeah. just it's it's trying to say look at all of the things we do um or what we're planning to do and it's just not going to happen as much as i want it to because it's genuinely looks bonkers enough to be fun yeah it'll end up being an 8-bit game yeah yeah that's how they're gonna get you and it'll just be some top-down 8-bit game and they'll be like aha we got your money oh that's it that's what it'll do 
it will be like one of those um have you, have you seen those heroes journey mobile advert yeah. adverts where it's like yeah. that genuinely interesting looking pull the pin type game and then you actually like download it and it's like a clash of clans ripoff it's a real-time mm-hmm. strategy and nothing like the game you've advertised um, so for yeah. me, the most exciting thing about this is that this is going to make an incredible video. Not necessarily me making it, but like someone's going to make a really good like documentary. Like what the hell was Power World when it just yeah. never comes out? Because I I don't believe we'll ever see this. It's just <laughs> such a bonkers concept. Like, well, what genre do you want it to be? Yes, <laughs> all the genres. You mean we can't just pick like five? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It, it, it genuinely does actually look quite good to like just mess around it. I tell you what, this looks like. This looks like Dream World. If anyone remembers that ridiculous yes. starter thing, like what what that wanted to be. Well, Dream World didn't actually have graphics, so I'm surprised that yeah. <laughs> It, it um, dream it's it's like every it's like they took what dream world said on the kickstarter and then they actually made the game uh that's what we're looking at right now see um, there's a section here i just looked at i mean it is it's filmed in a way it's, it's like you know you're in you, it's, it's recorded for this trailer in a way where you are 100 not playing this so yeah. you, you she literally grabs a small pikachu-esque lightning pokemon attaches it to the fishing rod and throws it in now initially i thought to myself oh there's going to be some kind of fishing element to this game but it's done from an angle where it's just like maybe that's either a cutscene or it's just literally made this is definitely what it actually is it's just made for this trailer and nothing else when it what happens is she throws the electric uh, uh pokemon into the water it electrifies all the fishes they all come up it's like what has that got to do with anything that's oh that's a funny concept but like that, there wouldn't be any kind of gameplay element in the actual game itself. Yeah. There's no way they're putting Nintendo levels of emergent gameplay into this thing. There's just no way. Yeah, this, this is all just um, cinematic, 100%. There is no gameplay in any of this. It's very, very good cinematic to make you, to trick you. But it's done so ridiculously that, yeah, it, it's not real. Yeah, uh, the amount, the the number of programmers you would need, the teams you would need to put all this together. There's no way that these this company has that kind of scratch to do that. <laughs> no, it I is just, so crazy though. I just love like they, you're thinking, right? Yeah, it's got all of these like crazy, uh, those those these crazy ideas going on, and then yeah, let's just throw in a really deeply simulated, destructible environment in there as well, and it's just like. Yeah. No, 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 not even EA could do that with Battlefield after Bad Company 2. So um, <laughs> I, I don't think, yeah, <laughs> this ain't happening. Interesting stuff, interesting stuff. Well, well I, I'm interested to see what more people uh, say about this as and when, because it's definitely a story I'd be interested in following. Not necessarily a game I'd play, um, because primarily a lot of the games it's imitating aren't really for me, but um, oh, mental, absolutely mental. Um, I, I, if this only ever becomes a trailer, it's done its job for me yeah and i think that's all it's ever going to be and now we're looking at their previous game that never came to be called craftopia which is essentially well it did kind of come to be oh, but it's it? just it's it's just been abandoned halfway through like okay. they did a, they did a few updates and it's it's not going much further than that according to the steam uh review pages so oh yeah it's it's a million it, it's, it's zelda breath of the wild on speed it's totally yeah 100 percent. like they're not trying to be anything else i mean it almost looks a bit jack and daxter which by the way you should go and check out my recent video yeah do that, that thing. thing go do that thing <laughs> um bonkers bonkers right moving over uh 
moving over to something else that is equally bonkers, uh, but actually very, very real. Very, very real. You found this one. Was it, was it yourself that found this one, Grizzly? So I actually, uh, I, I found it uh, looking on uh, Neil Retroman Cave's um, Twitter, and uh, he, he retweeted uh, a Twitter user called Jam Hamster, which is a great name, by the way. I love Jam Hamster. Um, and what they've only gone and done is that they've taken an old CRT monitor, stuck a flat screen in there, but also like reapplied the corning glass to give it the CRT look. <laughs> and they've, they've hacked it into this ultimate CRT display for Raspberry Pi. And it looks so, so good like, in Seriously action. Slick. They've done such a good job. It's like a natural scan line built into the into the monitor i i genuinely don't know how they've made it look as good as this because let's just face it lcd displays do not <laughs> equal decent retro displays half of the time mm -hmm. so they need but, they need to sell this yeah like, as do. in big budget sell it like get get some company involved and mass produce this bad boy because there is a hun there is a hunger for this Oh, for well, sure. I bet, I bet Arcade One Up will probably eventually start selling upgrades for their cabinets that have the CRT look to them. Well, I, the, I would um, buy one. Yeah, the the, the, the mini arcade machines um, uh, 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 that I've got outside from Quarter Arcade. Their next ones that they're releasing, these Space Invader ones, uh, very very much delayed uh, little mini arcade systems. They have actually got the, um, the, the the sort of glass cover over the top to mm -hmm. sort of give it a fake domed look from the old teddies that you would have in arcade machines uh not space invaders that's done on a reflection but other ones coming that are in the future um so yeah it's so so cool yeah so cool. it's all about that curved glass that really like sells it because there mm. are so some games uh particularly like early 3d ones or late um n64 ps1 titles they used a lot of smoke and mirrors tricks to get them to actually run properly so yeah. um i know banjo kazooie conquers bad fur day was known for this they would they would um make their the graphics essentially flat so that when you were playing certain sections the only way that you get a sense of depth was by the by the curving of the screen yeah. um particularly the propeller segment and conquest by the day if anyone like remembers how awful that bit was um so it's, this is like, if it can actually accurately do that kind of emulation you know just that kind of visual feedback this could be a game changer for you know modern retro gaming i know not everybody wants like this big boxy thing like in the corner of their room um i mean we moved on to flat screens for a reason but this is so cute and so effective. Um, this should be a mass-produced product, yeah, for sure. Agreed. agreed. It wouldn't be cheap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Jam, Hamsters, Jam Hamster. So I, I learned about Jam Hamster from uh, finding this uh, through uh, Retro Man Cave. Um, and uh, I've just seen that they've done so many other projects, so like a, a Zero Retro Pie in a cassette um, so height, you know, full computer essentially hiding it in the cassette. Um, they've done a RetroPie handheld out of a Game Boy, uh, and they've also made L LCD curved emulators for uh, the Pi Three in this beautiful little uh, silver chromed um, like little device, almost like a boutique accessory. Um, yeah, so so good. Um, and I, everyone should be like thoroughly you know encouraging this kind of behavior because it's so good in my opinion <laughs> Drek and mike i would i'd like to use it on that right there 
my arcade machine. I I want a curved screen because it might look clean and clean and crisp and everything, but just the way some games look on a flat screen, it doesn't do them justice. You need no, agreed. You need that little bit of uh, rose tinted. You need rose tinted glasses for some of these games to make them mm-hmm. kind of to to feel the way they used to. Because just yeah, it just doesn't work the same way as it did when I was a kid. Uh, I'd yeah, like the, I'd like that old look. So I, I, I always go to the most hardcore crisp uh, pixels that I can always get whenever I do emulation. But it does actually need a little bit of bleeding to make it more realistic to how it used to look. Yeah. Um, and it's only until you go back and, and, and play a game on a really, really good, powerful CRT, you realize, bloody hell, they look good like that. Oh, yeah. Like, a case in point is the the 240p games like when mm-hmm. you get the uh 3d stuff mm-hmm. and super nintendo is a really good example of this in in power regions uh they look terrible on lcd yeah. um and a lot of that is down to the, the the poor scaling and what have you so i can just imagine running in a uh, super nintendo with uh retro tink into one of these things so essentially getting 2k quality with that crt surround oh, hog heaven man that would be so good in my opinion, it could also make a uh, light game, uh, light gun games work again, maybe. Essentially, uh, I know you can do that with the Sindon light gun on LCD displays, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I, I think you could totally do that, like with with a bit of backfiring and some emulation in that regard. I don't see any reason why not. Is this the uh, this this looks to me like the uh, Raspberry Pi in a cassette? It's just <laughs> super clean mod. <laughs> I, I I'm amazed. It's this this kind of thing I would love to learn how to do myself. Um, yeah, it, it's yeah. a lifetime obsession, uh, resulting in something that's an incredibly niche thing. Um, you know, for people like us. But you know, it's cool. It's really, really, really cool, and I love it. I love it. Really well Apparently. done. Uh, it's like when we got all excited about the guy that we kept finding D makes of. I think we've oh, just yeah. found a new little obsession here. Uh, totally. I have subscribed. I suggest you guys do too. I will be chucking a link in the chat. Go and give him a little subscribe. Tell him Slope and uh, Grizzly and Mike sent you because this looks pretty cool. Um, Yeah, very, very jelly that I could never do stuff that good. Now, this is a bit of a controversial one. Our final topic of the night, the Embracer Group. (laughs) Yes, not content with just buying up like the best part of Square Enix, in my opinion. Um, they now want to buy your games, like your games, the ones that are, <laughs> leave my games oh, alone. <laughs> you can't have them from my cold dead hands. Um, yeah. So there. Do you want me to keep going with this one? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Embracer Group uh, want to create the ultimate video game archive, which just sounds like a really good front for giving this uh giving this guy the ultimate retro game collection but whatever <laughs> um but yeah it, they want to create this ultimate archive for video games and it's in the noble pursuit for game preservation and i think that sounds like a really good idea to be fair because i feel like we need that we've lost so much in the way of like museums recently i mean most notably recently is the ukrainian uh computer museum which was unfortunately destroyed in mariupol uh, recently so i think something like this a proper game archive is important mm-hmm. um they are mentioning that they want to uh, open this up to the public in some form as a museum uh, so that people can access it publicly um but, but for the most part it's going to be essentially behind closed doors to make sure that the games are available um 
to get these things um they are actually making offers to private collectors and saying look we want to buy your collection name a price name what you've got and then we'll we'll take it um they don't they don't have a list of what they need yet um but they've already got like over five thousand titles so i'm thinking that they're going to still need quite a lot um (laughs) I'm, i'm just curious to see whether this like gets that far i mean the guys clearly have a few cash a bit of cash to throw around mm-hmm. and then we just noticed a p ferreira hanging in the comments <laughs> there <today>. he is <laughs> causing trouble again oh, um, yeah, but yeah uh i mean i haven't really got much to add to this if i'm honest it's, it's it's quite bizarre because from what they're showing i don't know what they've got that isn't publicly available to a hell of a lot of people mm-hmm yeah, so I don't so really know far. what the the point. Yeah, obviously, so far there's going to be some nice rarities that I'm sure they'll be able to get their hands on. But oh yeah, they they're, they're totally doing this. I, as I say, I I think it's all the big front. Say the the CEO of Embracer just wants a really nice retro game collection, um, and he's doing it in the bid to he, he's putting on the front saying that this is an archive. It's not my collection. It's an archive, guys. Mm. So please do this because it's a noble pursuit. Bunny ears, noble pursuit. Um, dusty shells as well. He needs to dust his shells. Basically. Totally. I, 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 I like his choice of shells. They're very similar to mine, in fact. The uh, the Argos Islington shells, which are perfectly sized for DVDs and Mega Drive games and what have you. So, yeah. Uh, hats mm. off to that selection. <laughs> I, I honestly don't really have much to add to this. I just find it incredibly odd. We'll, we'll yeah. see in time what they're able to get their hands on and... and uh, you know, publicly uh, make available and whatever else, because right now it doesn't really seem like an, anything. I get the impression the best stuff we won't know about, and unless it was just like weird, a, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it it is just bizarre. Um, and they're doing it at the worst possible time because, well, prices have never been higher. So, yeah, I think where they're gonna find the the best stuff, it's probably gonna be like the end of life stuff like the like the tail end of like the c64 had a lot of stuff that was very hard to find you'd get like one copy per every 10 stores of stuff like crap like dark towers something like that yeah i I can imagine just very yeah yeah end of end of life cycle console stuff is going to be probably where they're going to have to be spending most of their money because a lot of those games that i see on those shelves are stuff that i had or even my wife had some of those things it just yeah, it, it's going to be really, really rare stuff. But I can't imagine, I can't think of anything on the NES that would be so rare, aside from like uh, some of the sports titles, like dip switches and stuff, or championship editions. I, I can't think of anything that would be worth spending a whole bunch of money on to make sure it's in a collection. Yeah, totally. Uh, I get the impression that he's just put his own collection in there so far, and this is just him shouting out saying, hey, we're doing it for this reason. Um it's got and an impressive this, collection. This, face this is this is the person here. His name is his YouTube channel is uh, Gaming Granar G R A N N A R. Um, yeah, apparently uh, one of our longtime followers, M E K. Thank you very much for joining us tonight, M E K. Uh, been following him for a while. Um, this is the person. Yeah, I hope something comes from this because it worries me if if nothing does. Uh, not only because these things would be hidden, uh, almost more so than they were before, uh, but you know these these are the guys that just got Tomb Raider. Yeah, they can taking it from a company that would definitely make uh, games with with these incredible properties. I don't want these someone just to buy them. And, oh, by the way, do you know what? I own Tomb Raider. We'll do something with it then. You know. <laughs> yeah, totally. 
do something sure. interesting with it. Get some yeah. Legacy of Kane, and we can talk about uh, a couple <laughs> of games. You know, uh, it's, a, it's an odd one. It's an odd one. Hopefully, it's not just like you say a vanity thing and 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 selling old titles in the franchise. I, I, I honestly, I've no idea what this guy's plan is in at this point in time. It's really, really weird. Mm. Is he looking for both PAL versions and uh, NTSC versions, or is he just looking for one or the other? Uh, what region are they? How big are you going to grow this? They're in the Nordics, so a lot of this is going to be PAL. I'd, I'd imagine they'll be like looking for one of each game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause it, it gets when real when you're talking about preservation, then the differences in regions is, is, is pretty significant on a hell of a lot of games. Talking oh, about yeah. preservation, you do need all three. Yeah, you are. You are absolutely right there. You definitely want the best then, version of each thing. Um, yep. PM Pro says the article said PAL, but yeah, they're still agreed. No. Multiple release versions. I think uh, I think DuckTales had two or three different versions that came out, or visions of the uh, of the. ROM. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's the case for loads. I mean, I, I was very lucky when I got my copy of Moonwalker. That's the one with Thriller on the game and there's no way for you to know unless you play the game and oh yes it's got thriller on it or no no it doesn't uh <laughs> obviously famously revenge of shinobi is about five copies five different versions of that when uh oh can we not mm-hmm. can we can we not steal batman then okay we better take him out you know oh and can Spider-Man. we not steal uh, <laughs> they were they were allowed spider-man originally because they had the spider-man license with the spider-man game but then obviously as years go on they don't have the license to that anymore you know <laughs> so when they yeah. do revenge of shinobi now it's like uh, i I think he, he's now a bat character or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's like a pink ninja now. That yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's so, weird. Um, yeah, they've all changed. So yeah, you play these games on like Mega Drive collections. They all so so well. That one especially is all very very different. Yeah. Regardless, mm-hmm. hey, this is all just quite odd uh, to me. I, I'm hoping something actually comes from this, but at the moment, who knows what this is all about? This is all very 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 odd. Very odd. And there we go, guys. I think we've reached the end of the podcast. Yeah, not bad, not bad. How did you find it, Mike? Oh, good, good. I, I'm usually on the other end of the thing, just asking people questions. So it's nice to nice to be asked some things for a change. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to be putting a link in the chat now for everyone that's watching. Go check out the website, which uh, 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 Mike's a big uh, big part of the uh, the Dres Clownfish TV dot uh, uh, com site. Go and check that out. Like I said, I've put that in there. And obviously for people that are listening uh, on all of the different podcast services, all of the links of today's topics and Mike's uh, uh, Clownfish site there as well, that will all be down in the description. But yeah, guys, thanks all so, so much for hanging out. I've had a good one. Yeah. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. I do like it. I, I moan about it, but I do like it when random massive trailers drop just before we go live because it feels like we, it feels like we've got the scoop there a little bit, you know. Yeah, no, no one moans about it more than I do because it's always just after <laughs> I've spent hours going, what, what am I going to do for topic six? Oh God, there's a Swedish guy who wants to buy all of these games. I suppose that'll do. And, oh, <laughs> absolutely. It's just the way it goes, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, one last thing, I did see these pop up today. The uh, they're only really renders; they're not a real thing yet. But the uh, the new electronic DeLorean cars that's exciting. Not running on Mister Fusion, I see. <laughs> no, there's oh, no. Oh, you put you pulled up. Uh, you pulled up D-Res. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. No, not a problem. Not a problem. Um, but yeah, I saw these. I saw these earlier on today. Yeah, there's an ele- there's electric DeLoreans coming out. Uh, potentially we'll see if they actually get to manufacturing well, um it will uh it'll make its first physical appearance uh this august at in um in california during a car show so okay. at least one physical 
model, or I don't know how functional it will be, but it will be there on display. Right. Oh, I'd love to see it. Oh, I'd love to. They, 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 they slight, they've definitely got the color scheme of the original, mm-hmm. but yep. I honestly, if it didn't say DeLorean, I don't know if I'd know. Oh, it's the only I thing almost, that makes I it DeLorean are those doors, right? Mm-hmm. I almost passed up the story originally this morning because when I looked at it, I thought, oh, it's just another concept car. But then I read the headline. I was like, oh, this is the DeLorean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's too sleek. It just looks too too much like a Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very Tesla. As you would expect, I suppose, in this day and age. Everyone's chasing that bank, aren't they? Yeah. But if anyway, I could spend sixty or seventy grand on something that has the DeLorean name, I want it to look like a DeLorean. Oh yeah. yeah totally. Yeah, 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 for sure. That that's my dream car. To get a DeLorean and then destroy it by covering it in tubing and God knows whatever else. That would be my dream car. It's only, dream it only cost you $50,000. Buy a shop in California will make you one. So cool. It's so cool. Oh, I love the DeLorean so much. And it's like, I, that would be the one speeding ticket. I would be just so happy to receive. Yes, please give me the points <laughs> on my license. Do you know how fast you were going? Of course I know how fast I was going. I know exactly how fast I was going. I'd be the happiest man ever. Right, guys, we're ending the podcast there. So much love to you all so much. And um, yeah, thanks for hanging out. And hopefully we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show with myself, DJ Slope, and my co-host, Grizzly Cryden, recorded live on Twitch every single Tuesday night. If you want to listen in live, then make your way over to twitch.tv forward slash Slope's Game Room at 9pm UK time, 1pm Pacific Standard Time, and 4pm Eastern Standard Time. And as stated, if you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider supporting the show on Patreon or as a YouTube member. And finally, if you do have any news stories for us then please do feel free to drop them in the dedicated rooms over on discord at discord.gg forward slash slopes game room and until next time guys this is dj slope signing out and hopefully i'll see you all next time